album is the one and only, the iconic Aqualung. It was a hard album to make. The studio broke down a lot. We had a difficult time making the music work. You know, it, it sounded like it came together in, in an instant, but it wasn't an easy album to make. But I believe from all that tension and stress and torn that a great album emerged. Final analysis. I am your host, Arch Madness. As always, my partner in crime, producer Greg Hansberry. Yo. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that. Greg, do you know what uh, tonight's show is? It I is, do. It's another artist edition of Vinyl Analysis. This is a really cool one. We are going to talk with Martin Barr, guitarist Martin Barr of Jethro Tull. Cool. The album on this Vinyl Analysis is the one and only, the iconic Aqualung. And you can't say Aqualung without like having an English accent. Aqualung. Aqualung. Yeah, they say it like that. And he Aqualung. says it like that in this, this uh, interview that you're going to hear. Let me throw this out there. This might, be, this might be one of the coolest stories we've ever heard. And you know exactly what I'm talking yes. about when he discusses the solo from the title track, Aqualung. And this, yeah, yeah. Greg, Greg, this yeah. should be something... I remember when we got done, and you were sitting in on this as well mm-hmm. when this went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. It, why isn't that like an urban legend? This why is isn't rock that... history being mm-hmm. unfolded right in front of us. It's something you think you would have heard and been like, ah, oh, that's not true. Did that really happen? Like something I should ask him about and say, did it really happen this way? But he volunteered this information He to us. threw it at us, and it is one of the oh. coolest rock stories you will ever hear. Trust me on that. And it involves Jimmy Page. I've said too <laughs> much. You've said too much. I've said too much. So here it is. This is guitarist Martin Barr from Jethro Tull. We're going to be talking Aqualung on Vinyl Analysis. Hello, Martin. Hi, Archie. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? How are you doing, Martin? Um, I'm doing extremely well. Good. That's great to hear. Now, you've got, you've got a new record, Back to Steel. Uh, what can you tell yeah. us about that? Um, it, it's a, it's a, a studio album that I did with the the, the, the band, for the four of us, sort of, uh, all, all the backing tracks were recorded live. Um, uh, it, it's a, Basically, it was an important CD to do because I, I wanted to get uh, some live material for the shows. So uh, I, I really concentrated on, on getting band songs. And, and and music that would sound and work really well live. Uh, so we're, we're at some point or another, we've played nearly all of the album live, and, and it all works really well. So the fans have enjoyed it. It's it's done really really well. And um, when I get home this summer, uh, I'm going to start writing uh, uh, the, the next CD to come out next year. Sounds great. Hey, I've I've always read Martin where. 
uh, you don't really concern yourself with other guitarists, especially when you were you were uh. starting with the instrument. I guess my uh. question for you is the evolution of rock guitar and mm. and where you see it in 2017. Uh, it, it's, it does evolve and then it goes back on itself and. Uh, I think it's like all, all music. Um, you know, you, you have two steps forward, one step back. I mean, there's great players. There's huge amounts of um, of information available to, to guitar players these days. It, it's a it's it's a lot easier to be a musician uh, than it used to be. But um, it's uh, there'll always be good players, bad players, people that that are great players but have got no idea. Right, <laughs> uh, right. They've got really bad taste. It's always that sort of healthy mixture of good and bad, and uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't see any evolution in the last few years. You know, in, there's a lot of great blues players that, that, that come come to the fore, but you know, they're not exactly groundbreaking. And you know, right. I, I just think right. that the groundbreaking guitar players were people like, like um, Mark Knopfler. Um, the people that just sort of opened up a door musically and sonically that that hadn't been opened before. It's, it's very rare, very unusual, and very special when you get a completely fresh approach to the guitar. But you know, it, it's it's a great instrument, and uh, there's always going to be good players and, uh, and and great interpretations of the blues and rock. There's an amazing foundation. Of, of guitar music it's, from, from the from the past. Well, it's it's interesting that you even bring up like Mark Knopfler because I mean yeah. he's on a lot of people's you know top lists. But yeah. Martin, when I listen to those old Dire Straits records, I mm. hear a lot of Martin Barr's guitar oh, really? in there. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I think that's awesome for you to say that, but you're so influential for for those guys as well. Yeah, I, I, I've. Apparently so. I mean, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard I've heard him mention me, right, which right, is, which is really nice. I mean, I have a great. I mean, I, I respect a lot of good guitar players and what they do, and uh, I, you know, I'm very pleased that there's good playing and people seem to pick up their influences from lots of different places. But um, I mean, I'm realistic. You know, I, I, I keep I'm I'm learning still. I'm I'm still trying to improve as a player. And, uh, wow. and I'm, but, but I, I like to get my information from inside my brain. You know, I, I like to think if, if I can think of the way of the way forward musically, it's going to be of, of my own making and, and with my own personality stamp on it, rather than you know, listen to another player and sort of learn from what he's doing. Um, I, I always think it's better to arrive with the information yourself and get it from somebody else secondhand. But uh, yeah, that there's. Um, I, I meet a lot of guitar players who were influenced by Toll you know, in the early days, and uh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, man. Now, now, Martin, I would love to ask you a few questions about Aqualung, if I could. Yes. Uh, yeah. Released in March of 1971, it was the band's fourth studio album. It's such an iconic record. I, I would love to know where you were as an artist going into the recording of Aqualung. Mm. Uh, it, it was an exciting time that the, the band was uh, was on a roll. We'd, we'd, we'd had two amazing years in in the states. In fact, you know, more, more than two years. 
Um, we, we toured with Led Zeppelin, we toured with Blood, Sweat and Tears, we played with Chicago, Frank Zappa, Captain Beefheart, Grateful Dead. You know, you, you just name every wow. amazing yeah. band on the planet. So we'd, had, we'd had these three, three to four intense years of, of, of being a rock and roll band. It, it was just fabulous. Uh, amazing times to be a musician. Um, so we had lots of, you know, I'm going to say I had lots of confidence, but we were sort of getting more comfortable um, about what we were doing and how to do it and where we needed to be and the way forward. So we, we, we were, we took a lot of time over the music and uh, we, we took ourselves pretty seriously on a musical level. So we're always trying to improve what we did. Um, but um, yeah, but Aqualung, it, it was a hard album to make. We were in um, studios in London. Um, Led Zeppelin were, were in, in the, uh, there's two studios. We were in the big upstairs studio and they were in the basement. Wow. <laughs> Which was an album they were doing, you know, Led Zeppelin 2 or something. But, um, and, and we never saw them. You know, we, we were there for weeks and weeks and we, and we never saw each other at all um, until Jimmy Page came up in the studio and, uh, while we were recording Aqualung, but um, it, it was a bit, the studio broke down a lot, and you know I, I think we we had a, a difficult time getting good backing tracks and and making the music work. You know, it it sounded like it came together in an instant, but but it it actually was hard work. It, it it wasn't an easy album to make, but but I believe from all that tension and stress and trauma, uh, a great album emerged. By default, you know, there's a lot of emotion in there. Uh, not all of it positive, but nevertheless, it, it, it was a it, it was a, a strong emotion that came out in the music. Martin, the the hate mail would pour in. My guitar buddies would have a fit if I didn't ask about the guitar work, the solo on the opening track, Aqualung. I mean, many hail yeah. that as one of the greatest guitar solos in rock history. Mm-hmm. What are your memories on the recording? Of that song in particular, um, we, we never worked solos out. I mean, Ian had sort of written the basic song, and, and then we sat down and, and did an arrangement of the, you know, the riff and the way we were going to play it and the verses. And then, and then Ian said, "Well, no, we'll do it. We'll have a guitar solo. You know, how do you want to do it?" So I sort of, sort of sat down and wrote the arrangement for the guitar solo, sort of based on the chords of the. Of the the chorus anyway, uh, and and then so the backing track was recorded with, with all that information in it, and then literally I went out on the studio floor, and um, and it was first take, you know, just went out and oh. played it, and and it, and it was during that take that Jimmy Page walked into the control room and started waving at me, and I, and I sort of just grinned back and thought, uh, sorry Jimmy, but I'm in the middle of the solo, I can't wave back. Uh, it, it was it was very spontaneous. I hadn't worked anything out, um, and uh, I, I think that it's different. It, I, I I would never play a solo like that nowadays because it was just the way I was then, and the way I am now is is going to be different. I'm in a different place musically, but and in some ways, but there's a lot of naivety in that solo. Um, but but it's it's totally unpredictable. Um, and totally built on emotion and just sort of following your ear wherever your ear was going to take you. But that's where your fingers went on the fretboard. So it, it was, 
I mean, I, I like it, but but uh, but I, I don't. You know, it, it's it was a, a little sort of snapshot in that particular moment in that particular year of the way I played, and um, I, I I don't think I could ever replicate it, even if I learnt it note for note. It wouldn't have that same feel to it. Well, well, Martin, it's safe to say I have a, a new favorite story now uh, in vinyl analysis. That was, uh, wow, that's, man, the images of if you talking about Jimmy Page waving to you as you're trying to record yeah. the solo for Aqualung. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. that's mind-blowing. It really is, yeah. man, for the rock oh, fan. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was, it was, it was funny because we hadn't seen them uh, since we were in the studio. So it was like, you know, he came up to say hi to everybody, but... I knew if, if, if I waved back, I'd do the solo again. Oh, and, uh, you know, in, in those days, you, you didn't have the luxury of spending like three, four hours on a solo. You just went out in the studio and, and you, you you maybe had two, three three takes at the most. And if you didn't get it, then, uh, you know, somebody else had to go be a flute solo or a keyboard solo. It, um, it, it, it was pretty pressured. What's the what's the most fun song for you to perform these days from that album Aqualung? Um, I think I was wondering aloud on that album. Yeah, yeah, Is it, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I say, when we do acoustic shows, uh, me and Dan do wandering aloud, and um, that's a pretty song. It's it's really delicate. It's very musical and uh, sort of. Un- understated, but yeah, I mean, you know, you know I-, I could quote any song from that. We, we-, we do a um, uh, a mandolin version of Hymn Forty Three that we do it as a jig, and-, and and that's fun to play. But it'd be hard to right, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like picking and, a favorite then, kid. I know, I know, but yeah. it's just I have to ask, you know, because it's uh, uh, the energy on the stage and stuff, and and I'm I'm always curious to what. Uh, what artists like? That? I don't ask for your favorite song, but performance-wise, I think it's always kind of cool for for yeah. rock fans to hear what you guys like to play in front of us. You know? Yeah, it, it's a, the, the, some songs are just a vehicle. You know, right, we right. The most of us, I probably played it thousands of times, but but I always enjoy it and and, and never feel sort of tied down by it because it's just a vehicle to to put things on top of it. As you as you feel on the night, you know, and sometimes you might sort of go to a different place musically. But um, yeah, I, I, I never tire of music, and and if it's a sort of very basic, simple song, not very demanding, that, that, then it gives you the space to uh, to add on to it. Whereas other songs like we do, Sea Lion, and and it's a very structured song. You know, it's the same every night. You know that the, 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 there's no leeway right, there right. to, to deter, you know, to deter from the essential music. So it, it's pretty strict, but still enjoyable because it's challenging and and you still want to get that that, that written down part as as good as you can get it. Martin Barr, what an honor to talk with you. Thank you so much for sharing your time and those stories with us. That was that was okay. amazing. Oh, okay, you're welcome. How about that? Oh, awesome. Guitarist Martin Barr of Jethro Tull, that story about Jimmy Page waving. Are you 
flipping kidding me, and man. And he, he had the composure not to just, just drop his yeah. guitar. Like, oh, hey, yeah. hey, Jimmy. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And, and really, with Martin Barr, you think of Jethro Tull. You think of Ian Anderson and the, the flute. flute. Right. You think yeah, that. Yeah. But you're a Jethro Tull fan. I love the Tull. <laughs> Guitar man, Martin Barr, and the people that look up to him are idols, are people who idolize him. He's like this quiet uh, a genius. That's he is, just, man. Uh, you know, there. I mean, because you can't have a rock and roll band with just flute, man. You got to have some balls behind it. Did you expect Wondering Aloud for him to say that that's a song off this record that I he loves to play? I love that song. And that, I think that's one of the reasons why I love Aqualung so much, because it's got the balls of of, oh, the, of Aqualung absolutely. guitar solo. Absolutely. But then he's got these beautiful songs, these melodies that uh, it, it just ebbs and flows. Love the whole fucking record. What are you going to pick? I mean, as far as your pick, what would I, you go with? I love I love Wandering Aloud. I, okay. I'm, I'm going to say that because it's it's you not, bonded. We, you guys, we did. You bonded over that, and it's and it's not your quintessential toll track, but uh, I got to say, Locomotive Breath. Just the epic piano intro. It kicks in. The chaka, 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 chaka. Oh yeah! And then the flute solo. Come on! Hello. I mean, even even though we're talking Martin Barr uh, guitar right now, the flute solo. It's the gift that keeps oh, giving, Greg. It's the gift that keeps giving. Love this uh, record. I'm gonna go him 43. Yeah. Because uh, as a, a an 80s metalhead, that that where he kind of yeah. I mean that is. It's grunge. It's heavy, yeah, man. Yeah. It's so heavy. Wasn't that a thing? Like Jethro Tull won like the first Grammy for uh, metal. Yeah, when Metallica rock. had yeah. ju- and Justice for All was up for it. And and uh, yeah, and, uh, Jethro oh, Tull won that. They won that year. That's kind of funny. That is. It's extremely funny. At the time, I was pissed off uh, as a as a huge it was Metallica guy. A, uh, yeah, a, a makeup vote is there something like oh, that? Oh, oh yeah. Plus, it's just heavy metal at that point still was not respected in, in, in that regard. But, you know, looking back on it, it's like, yeah, whatever, man. Sure. Fuck, it's Martin Bond. Yeah. Go for it. So, okay, now, I want to throw this out there. Aqualung, as far as our Spotify playlist, which we like to put together, Aqualung, this is off of Aqualung, the, the title track, Cross-Eyed Mary, Wondering Aloud, Him 43 yeah. has to be on this. We have to throw this on there so that will accompany... Uh, when people are listening to this, they, they've M43 is an absolute given Love and it. locomotive breath, like you said. And I'll even throw wind up on there at the end. Just I've got because, a, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, you Do know, not I, have a problem with that. And that's the thing, too. They always said about Aqualung. It was one of the first concept records. Yeah. And, no, no, no. And, no and right. I right. I never right. really got that as much as like a Pink Floyd record or something. But it does have have kind of a story to it. And uh, the wind up wraps it up pretty nicely. Jethro Tull and, and this album in particular, Aqualung, really does throw you into a time period. God, I love it. Doesn't it? Do you want to drink an ale? Yeah. Huh? Do you yeah. want that winch to come over here and, and, and the album give you a cover, <laughs> the costumes they'd wear? I know, oh, man. The tall. Oh, can you say winch anymore? I don't even know if you can do that. Hey, winch. You can do that on podcasts. That's the beauty of the internet. This is a good one. Hey, thank you to guitarist Martin Barr for joining us. I'm Arch Madness. That's producer Greg Hansberry, and this has been Vinyl Analysis. Take care. Uh-huh. Thank you, Archie.